Ladies and gentlemen of the PWF Empire, Jay here along with a power panel because we got some stuff to talk about. We are going to be talking about this pro wrestling civil war that has broken out over social media over the last week or so. The current WWE champion, Randy Orton, he got this thing popping because he posted something or I'll say he retweeted it. This was posted by uh, Rip Rogers on Twitter. It actually wasn't his creation. It was, um, it, it's the words of someone else, but he just posted those words on Twitter. So we're, I'm going to go ahead and read those words for you all right now. But before I do, let me go ahead and introduce the panel. We have the international man of mystery, Dalton. We have my far right hand man, Steven. And we also have <laughs> Michael. <Far right. laughs> I am not far right. My far right hand man. It's, my arm is so long. <laughs> I, that, that's what I'm talking about. I, I like to be called the prodigal son. Okay. The the, the, the prodigal son. We, we have to run that by marketing. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. We also we'll have Micah on the panel. Speaking of marketing, like that whole gentleman, Jack, Micah, uh-uh. They denied that one. No, I hate it. I don't know why Cass <laughs> gave me another nickname. Why did he give me just don't, don't compare gentleman to this, that uh, make you... Don't compare him to the Umbrella Man. <laughs> Mike is a better Umbrella Man anyway. Yeah, that's true. Don't I, hate I, on I, Jack I, Gallagher. Don't do that. I don't, support don't. everybody. My Umbrella eclipses the whole empire and protects us all. Uh, <laughs> You and your little yeah, kumbaya man. stuff. Okay, let's see if that lasts for the whole show. So, because I said it's a wrestling civil war, it'll be interesting to see which side each of us fall on. And I'm going to go ahead and read those words that I was talking about. So, here we go. And I quote, Every indie match now. Handshake, drawn out move exchange, this is awesome chant, strike exchange, dive, no sell indie strong style, dive, more strikes, no sells, dive, flippy floppy sequence, dive, hit everyone with each other's finisher, then Humpty Dumpty we all fall down, <laughs> fight forever chant, rinse and repeat until every move is useless and means nothing, dive, take unsafe shot that looks like shit and hurts like hell then roll up finish, handshake and hug after the match, everyone's hand raised, all these guys chant. Go home and type on social media thanking your opponents and company for the match and telling others they should book these guys. Dive. And then Randy Orton adds, dive. Now, before we get to the whole Randy Orton piece, let's just take him and set him over to the side. Steven, do you believe that there is a point to be made in these words? Yeah, okay, so before I start uh, shitting on things, um, like I tend to do, uh, I want to clarify that I don't watch that much indie wrestling, so I could be saying things I know completely nothing about, but from what I have watched and from the indie shows I've been to, this is pretty spot on. Could this be a reason why you don't watch? I won't say it's the whole reason. Uh, part of the reason is because I, I just prefer the larger-than-life um, spectacle that is WWE. But uh, certainly that's a reason why I haven't gone to more indie shows. Because I did go to a few uh, several years ago. Um, I forget. New York Wrestling Connection is uh, the one that's near me. And um, there are some things that I like about it. There are some guys there that I liked. Uh, I, I saw the Big O debut, and I actually put it on, on YouTube. I think that's still the... 
I still like the most popular video of the Big O's debut. I don't know what the hell he's doing these days, but I did see that. Um, but yeah, it was very much like this. I remember seeing uh, some some kind of Iron Man match where where uh, it was like the U.S. economy uh, transpired before my eyes in like uh, thirty <laughs> minutes. Like everything was getting inflated. They were just printing moves left and right. Like I I I, I so much sympathize and, and understand what he says. Where whoever wrote this, where it says rinse and repeat until every move is meaningless and means nothing because that's what i experience is like just kicking out of a million moves and it's not like wwe doesn't do this but i think we've all criticized that so we've been down that road we don't really need to retread that mm-hmm. um the finisher uh, the thing about finishers getting um watered down but with the indies it's and i think the indies have had this influence on wwe i think it's partially their fault that this has happened in wwe is um because people focus more on stunts rather than storytelling, and that's why I posted on Twitter, stunts are uh, inferior to uh, storytelling, or I, I said, no, stunts, uh, psychology over stunts or something like that, which I completely stand by because to me, wrestling is not about stunts. I mean, stunts are a big part of it, but you gotta you got to time the stunts. The stunts have to make sense from a narrative point of view. They have to have a certain logic to them, and... If you're just doing flips and dives and all these stunts, I just don't give a shit. It's like, I don't come here to see stunts. If I wanted to see stunts, I would go watch stuntmen or action movies. Um, go to the circus, you know? I'd go to the circus or something. <laughs> I, I, I want to watch wrestling to be uh, engaged in a in a, in a storytelling medium that happens to use action as a, as a conduit for whatever story they're telling. It's like... Uh, when I brought in the um, the Creed movie, which was very similar to wrestling, I thought, uh, again, just telling a story, it just happens to be that they're fighting, you know, and that's how I see wrestling. So if I want to see stunts, I just go, I would go look at that, and it's certainly impressive. But the problem is everybody could do this shit now. There was a time I think where it was more impressive to do these um, acrobatic stunts because they were more rare and. Very few people could do them. But now they've kind of become the standard. Everybody pretty much can do them. Or at least most people who make it to WWE can do some pretty impressive shit. It's not like the days where people couldn't move and they had to do body slams and and punches and things like this. Everyone could pretty much move in, in a very impressive way. So that's not enough anymore. You can't just do flashy shit and expect to get over. And I, I think that's... part. Probably the story of Dolph Ziggler's career. Oh God! Even though, even <laughs> though it it worked with a lot of people, um, and not to shit too much on Dolph Ziggler because I, I, I do mean, like by him. all means, <laughs> no, but I do like him. He's a good wrestler, but he's just not as good Dolph. as he think he. He's just not as good as he think he <laughs> thinks he is because all he does is that uh, the stunt. And there's something in here about overselling, I think, right? Or no, no selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Ziggler's pretty much the opposite, but yeah. Um, I, I agree with a lot of this. I'm not going to talk too much about it now. I'm sure I'll get into it more with you guys. Micah, the reason why you Sorry. are on this show is because... because I loved. You're, you're, you're one of the quote-unquote indie guys of PWF Empire. You have you, Andrew, Cass, and I really wanted that perspective from someone who maybe enjoys the style that this person is talking about because i know with me i watch 
some indie matches. You know, I watch some indie stuff here and there. And it's so funny that I'm sitting back and I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, I really, really do. I want to sit there and say, nah, this is like over exaggerated and this is just BS to be funny. However, I'm sitting there reading through this and a dozen friggin' matches popped in my head and I'm like, yep, uh-huh. Oh yeah, I remember that in this one and I'm just going down the checklist like this is this is kind of accurate. So what would you say to add to this conversation and where you stand? So, okay. Steven pointed it in the right direction-ish that it is a showcase. It is it is a form of circus. I cannot lie. <laughs> when they step in that ring, nine times out of ten, there is little to no story. And they are there to show off. But I look at the indies in the form of if anyone can go by other sports, um, I'm going to use uh, football or even it's technically any any sport that's ever out in the world. In sports, they don't just hire an NFL player straight off the street. You don't see Bill that runs his dog every morning and be like, you know what? Bill would be really good at throwing that football and sign him to an NFL contract. No. Bill has have to have been in college football. And to get into college football, Bill has had to have been in high school football. And that's how I see the indies. I see the indies as in the form of high school, seeing these people start. I will go with the closest person to me in the form of Roderick Strong. I am from Tampa, Florida, uh, St. Pete to be exact. I have seen Roderick Strong localized here uh, in his 12 years of uh, wrestling. I have seen him go from this guy, this skinny little dude who seemed very good, but just rough around the edges to this elite all-star athlete to watch him sh go from this small factor to uh, a, to this big star, sorry, this possible big star. He's now on NXT anywhere he could go from anywhere from there but if anyone saw last week's nxt episode he did excellent against today otami in a very storytelling match the NXT the the indies is a form to find your craft hone it make yourself look better than the others and get noticed by the big dogs not roman reigns once again pointed to roger strong when i see him in the match i was i had to watch his match last week against today otami four times to figure to figure out why it left a bad taste in my mouth and the fact that it was a good match one of the best week week by, by week to week nxt matches that they've shown in a long time um and i was like but something's wrong for me and i know why i'm emotionally attached to roger strong i have seen him grow since through all this time but then i take out that variable i take out my emotional attachment to said man so then i go with what I have seen from him tonight. And then I go with what I can have seen from him from my multiple PWG DVDs. And I know what he can do. I know how far he can go. I know the limits that this man can achieve. And I see on there that he was taken out in a very, in a more simplistic way. And I'm like, no, he could have easily kicked out of that. Mostly because of what, <laughs> He did previously say tombstone. <laughs> Literally, I have seen a man hit a tombstone, kick out, get picked up, get to the top rope, eat a Spanish fly, 
kick out, roll over, do a tope suicida over the ring, and, and then go back in the ring like nothing happened. Oh, um, how are you helping your case here? I don't... <laughs> well, I'm using I'm using that as an example, and I'm not I'm using those individuals as in that's a certain style. They're not every single indie match is like that, and that's why I'm using as I said, Roderick Strong as a springboard. He is, and him in general, and we can even point towards other individuals, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, um, um, Daniel Bryan. I haven't seen a lot of his indie stuff, but I've seen enough. I can't say CM Punk because I haven't seen it, but I do love his style. Um, so are his, you saying it, that it's necessary for people to go through stuff like that to like travel to the end of the extreme just to find what they're capable of and then that to be refined and when they get to WWE? To a degree, yes. Uh, I, I went through I went through further research before we got on the, when I was first contacted about this. Triple H did the indies from nineteen eighty seven to nineteen ninety three. But I see believe. when you say Stone things Cold, like well, that though, when you say things like, no, I, because I, I, I'm trying to center it back. When you say things like that, though, you're acting as if the indies back then are the indies now. We're not talking specifically no, no, about no, no. the indies. We're talking about this style of wrestling yes. that has become the stereotype of what the indies is. I'm quite damn sure we didn't have Triple H doing dives and, and, and flips and kicking <laughs> out, of, you know, in, in no selling all that shit in, in the indies. Uh, I have to second guess that. I've seen an old school Stone Cold Steve Austin match. that They kick out of everything in that. And it's because it's the uh, in the form of, uh, as I've said before, GMSI, get your shit in. Um and that's the form of that. I can do all these things. I need to do these things to be noticed. I need to be able to do this, 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 and this. Tombstone, pile driver, choke slam, power bomb, et cetera, et cetera. I need to be able to show that I'm really good and this other guy's really good. It's not in the form of in a WWE style. It is in the form of showing a story in the way that they are going over it. There is a tick for tech. This guy is a heel most of the time. This guy is a face most of the time. Heel has done this. Face is trying to combat that. I can give a list of re list of individuals, and then you are to supposed to have a match and formulate the story based off of that match. There are indie promotions that do have that, but it's not all the time. And and by what Rip Rogers and as well as Randy Orton, which we'll get there later, has state are stating, they seem to in their statement be putting the whole in the in the indie market in one big bank yes i understand that the big dogs in the world is wwe there's no one that's going to be ever close to them ever and there will never ever be another brand war like wcw and wwe back in the day so the whole point now is that you need to be noticed to get to the main roster sorry to get to the big big leagues to get noticed you can't be a guy like cheeseburger who is 140 some odd pounds Bear uh, five seven and can't do really much of anything except be a comedic act. I will never. I think I'll never ever see WWE see Cheeseburger in a WWE ring. Just for the record, but, let me say that there is nothing wrong with the 140 something guys who are five seven. I'm Jay. You have met me. You've seen me physically. See, Dalton knows why I said that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've seen me physically. I. I won't even get into my own dreams and aspirations because they're dashed away. But, <laughs> but 
I will say that in by to wrap it all back to what you said, do I believe that you need to be on the indies before you get to the WWE to hone your craft to make yourself better? To a degree, it does make you better. So, yes. Can I say a bunch of stuff about that? I know Dalton sure. still hasn't spoken yet. Um, okay, so I completely understand what you're saying with regards to you have to go through the minor leagues before you get to the major leagues. I think that's a separate conversation. Cause I yeah, don't think and anyone, that's what I was uh, getting. Yeah, that's what, that's what Jay was trying to get at. Yeah. No one's questioning the legitimacy of having uh, independent fed, uh, federations. Right. It, it's more what goes on in those federations that we're critiquing. And again, I don't watch that much indies, so it could be that this isn't what goes on. And I'm sure it's like half and half, or I'm sure some of it is good and some of it is crap. But right. there's certainly enough of a, and there's enough of it going on for it to be a stereotype that everyone kind of understands, including me. And I don't, I've only gone to two indie shows and I've experienced this. So right. one thing you said is that they're, they're trying to get noticed and they're trying to stand out. Well, I, I understand that, but I don't, from a practical point of view, I don't see how it's standing out when everybody could do these things. It's like, congrats, you, you're you as good as everybody else, which is very good. Every, it's very impressive that people could do these things. I don't want to like say it's not, because clearly right. it is. But if everybody can do it, then it no longer really stands out. And I think that's a major problem with a lot of guys in WWE. It's like uh, Apollo Crews, for instance, very athletic guy. What does he have going for him? Pretty much nothing. And that could be said it's the booking. But um, certainly doing the flips isn't enough to get that guy over. And there's been numerous stories about guys like that. Kofi Kingston was one of them until the New Day. Um, exactly. Hell, we can Dolph look at Neville. is one of them. Ne- uh, Neville, Neville, Neville we- until, his, until his current heel run, sure. Yeah, when so- Neville first showed up, he was the new, the new sensation, the man that gravity forgot they needed to say the whole name before he came out and neville you're right if in in the form of that anyone can do it when you look at when you look at neville and you look at apollo cruz when they first showed up when neville first showed up oh god when neville first showed up compared to apollo cruz as he is now they're exactly the same white 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 meat baby face yeah smiling Jumping around, doing flips. Neville I did mean, a lot more. Neville but... figured out how to stop smiling. Neville knows exactly. how to scowl now. So uh, Apollo gets confused face now. He gets confused oh, face. Does he? he doesn't understand what's going on a lot now. Well, that's that's a guy who could have benefited from more NXT, but that's another story. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my point is, if you want to stand out, I don't see how doing all this stuff, cramming in all this stuff in your match. What was you, what, what did you call it? The acronym used? Uh... Get, get your shit in. Get your shit in. Oh, yeah. I, I understand that if you're trying to impress, like, uh, the, the big dog or whatever, WWE, but, I mean, if someone's there recruiting, sure, I, I'm not going to blame them for doing that. I mean, but when I think of the big indie guys who made it big in WWE, I don't think of big flippy guys. I, like, CM Punk yeah. wasn't known for his flips. I mean, I'm sure he did plenty of those, but... He was known for being a guy who got over, and who was yes. a who was a fantastic heel, which is a psychology thing. Uh, Daniel Bryan was known for being a tremendous technical wrestler with great psychological skills. And this is stuff I didn't even watch these guys, but I know this. Um, 
and you can go through that. So I don't see how doing all these uh, incredible stunts really helps all that much, just from a practical point of view. But uh, more importantly, the thing you said, I feel like you pretty much helped our case here, or my <laughs> case. I, I guess Jay's on my side. I don't know. It sounds like he is, but... I'm pretty sure um, Jay is. Uh, you said that you were watching Roderick Strong versus Hideo Itami, and you didn't like it as much as you thought you would, or you were disappointed by some aspect of it, because you were you saw him, you saw Roderick Strong do some crazy shit on in the Indies. Crazy, well, yeah. well, that's exactly the problem. It's like yes, it's it's an you're infl- desensitized. Yeah, you're desensitized, and it's an inflation of of movies. I, it's just. I, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say say the same thing. Basically, it's 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 you're desensitized to it, and it's like this is what happens when you do it so much. It's not a form of desensitizing. It's in the form of that I expect more from him, uh, and I could see that they were. It, it's in the form of, and I'm gonna point towards the now thing, and I, I'm gonna keep it back to subject. In the form of that, when you watched just I think a week or two ago. Jinder Mahal versus Sami Zayn, you saw Sami Zayn hinder himself back to push gender forward. Was yes, like hinder gender. Yeah, okay. Hinder for gender. Uh, <laughs> hinder for gender is what I what I yeah, put but, out there. Yeah, but I know that, of course, they could do better. But the point is, you don't bust out everything, every match. Yes. If you do you that... Don't, you don't give it the whole cake. Mm-hmm. And the, then I'm going to point towards another person, for example, Cassius Ono, previously Chris Hero. Every match that I've ever seen with him on NXT, it's always supreme, superb. I have grown. I was using Roger Strong in that form, and definitely when I said it out loud that I, uh, when I said that I saw to a degree, I was looking down a little bit on the match because I expected more from Roger Strong. But then uh, I watched it over multiple times, and that's when I realized what the story and how it was all built around. And you're right in the form of that I was a little bit desensitized because I. To a degree, you're right, in the form that I was a little bit desensitized because I'm like, no, that wouldn't keep him down. That would keep him up. Definitely the finish, but he was, in my form, he was way more gassed than he was mm. supposed to be. But what the form was the whole story of the match, which is how the indies does not go most times, as we've spoken about multiple times in here, is not about the story. It's about the the factor of whatever match. Trust me, there are plenty of matches I can point out to in the indies that the story was formed and they built around it. Yeah, I'm but, sure that's true. I'm not, I wouldn't dispute yes. that. And you are right in the form of CM Punk. He was he was uh, put out because of his uh, great heel work. I can go with Joe because he was a monstrous, big-ass man who could do everything that the little guys could do. Um, and now he's much bigger and older, so he's had to formulate that, but he still has that mystique of a man who is a technical masterpiece aj styles multiple different aspects and we're going with though that once it all comes down to it it's the character that they worked around their wing work now then when we go with the indies let's go with the character that they're finding sorry the ring work that they're doing to find the character that they are and some of them just throw out the character that they are and just go with do it all young bucks Young Bucks is the prime example of that, and I believe they are the catalyst, honest to God, for the way that things are now, that it's super kick, super kick, super kick, flip, 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 turn like this, act like nothing hurts, 
all of that. And I, I can agree with Andrew. Uh, no, it wasn't Andrew. It was Justin who said it um, separately that the Young Bucks are not a good example of the Indies. And that's where everyone seems to eventually go back to. And that's kind of where certain demographics are. We can go with Leo Rush as a person that I've seen. Um, what is it? Will Ospreay and whatnot. But then we can go to other people like, um, what is it? The, uh, oh boy. I keep, I keep saying the Young Bucks. It's not, it's the, forget it, War Machine, um, uh, uh, Michael Elgin. Uh, even as I said earlier, Jay Lethal, Adam Cole, who should be popping up soon enough, somewhere, I don't know where. Um, they have found their character, formulated their style around that, and then took it to a different level. Even in Jay Lethal matches that I've seen, I've seen this same exact style that's outlined in this original, um, in this original uh, message here. Uh, but speaking of that original message, I want to go to Dalton now. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I think it speaks more to uh, the status quo in wrestling changing. Um, I think when you have a televised event like wrestling, and sure, superstars are trying to get their shit in. They want to impress whether they're you know, on a televised indie scene or in the big WWE product. But I think the fact of the matter is maybe we've opened ourselves up to where flashy shit has become the status quo, and a mm -hmm. match just isn't looked at uh as fondly without those flips uh that's not to say that you know the superstar should necessarily be doing them because we know the injuries that they could uh, accrue doing them um but for the same argument that well somebody like randy orton who has a very let's be honest bland basic style of wrestling for somebody who only limits themselves or characterizes themselves as a mat wrestler or a technician you could say uh somebody who we re regard as indie darlings, we expect them to do high-flying stuff because that goes with their characterization. That goes with the stereotype that we know. And part of the reason stereotypes exist is because there is usually some truth to them. Um, I, don't, I don't disagree with the indie style per se, and I don't disagree with the generalization either because I have a very minute knowledge of indie wrestling in fact, the only rest, uh, indie wrestling show I've been to, if you can even call it a true indie wrestling show, is NXT, and that's kind of you a super indie. No. You can't. Like, no. now, that's really, that's WWE super indie. That's not a real indie show. So I've never actually been to a legitimate underground um, indie show. But what little I know about them is generally through the uh, the tinted glasses that WWE superstars, whether they're looking at the the product fondly or not fondly, I know what I know from them. And uh, I don't necessarily disagree with the style. I do see the point that um, doing flips for no reason really detracts from the story. But at the same time, looking at it from the fans' perspective, those who are in attendance may not look at certain matches fondly. And this is their own prerogative. They may not look at certain matches fondly if it doesn't have high spots. But to that extent, I say, well, yeah, what the fuck is the point of doing a tope? Topes aren't special if everybody from Luke Harper to Dean Ambrose to Sasha Banks to, you know, pick a superstar, insert it here, they can probably do it. It's, it's, it does take away from the effect that these kind of moves have, but it isn't necessarily to say that the, the style is 
ineffective. It just has to be used creatively. And I think we're running into the issue now where it's becoming so watered down that it's hard to look at any one high-flying spot or any match that's based around spots and say, yeah, that story, there, there was a story that necessitated that because a lot of times there isn't. See, I think even when you get to the point where people start to use it creatively, I still have an issue with it. And I'm saying it, an issue with it from the perspective of me as a fan. That type of style doesn't really speak to me from like in a sustainability sense. Like I am not going to watch that kind of wrestling on a week to week basis. You look at people like the Young Bucks and then, of course, that Will Ospreay and uh, Ricochet match. That they had last year that had that, that set the wrestling world on fire. There, there's nothing sustainable about stuff like that. And when you do that, you're kind of reaching a certain extreme where you wonder what's on the other side of that. How do you keep going higher? It's like when you're on a freaking roller coaster. At some point, you're going to have to come down or, what, shoot into the fucking stratosphere or something like that. Like, where do you go beyond that point? If it's already ridiculous right now, how do you continue to amaze people and how do you continue to shock people? And that's the question that a lot of these guys have to ask themselves. And when they find the answer, it's like, okay, that was a little too much right there. I'm not really rocking with that. And I honestly dislike... The fact that the indie style has infiltrated WWE to the level that it has. I would like us to get back to a point where things are, you know, not necessarily everybody wrestling a match in the style that Triple H does because he's a very slow and methodical wrestler. I'm not saying that everybody has to go back to that point. But we should find some kind of a middle ground and just like you were talking about, Dalton, everybody is doing the same goddamn thing with the dive and things like that. Just mix it up a little bit. Add some variety because when everybody is doing it, as Stephen said earlier, how is it special? How is anybody standing out when that is now the standard? That's the status quo. This this is where it takes a feeling out process because I would hate for us to get to a you know jump the shark moment where we have just about everybody on the roster injured because of, you know, these unnecessary insertions of these. I think these, that's already uh, happened. Shit, 2015. I mean, that could be it. I mean, but at the same time, you know, taking the other extreme, just using Triple H since you named him, Jay, I will say Triple H, Seth Rollins was the most boring match on the card visually, even there in attendance. But, yeah, you have to, you have to really – step back and pay some mind to spots and say, okay, is, do we need to have a dive here? Do we need to, or not even dive, but is it, is it necessary to insert this here? Or are we just doing this to get a cheap pop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to mention, um, you mentioned, Jay mentioned sustainability. I think you were talking, was he talking about that from a, a viewer standpoint? That's what you were saying. Yeah. Jay? Because when you look at things like that, you demand, more because if everybody is doing the dives okay well what do we have to do what right. what can we do now then you got to take it to the next level and then at that next level everybody runs to that next level okay what do we got to do now what do we got to do now and yeah and just for me as a viewer like all this flippy shit like i i, I can't i can't yeah that's completely true and i was going to mention the sustainability regarding uh actually physically doing it which dalton alluded to just now it's it's like this is uh, this is actually killing wrestlers and uh, shortening their careers. And the Miz brought this up when he went on his uh, his sort of work shoot a few months ago on Talking Smack, where 
he says his style uh, kept him out of injury, which is completely true and completely fair. And you could argue that Daniel Bryan shortened his career by doing the moves he did. I think no one would have minded seeing Daniel Bryan wrestle longer if they didn't get to see the diving headbutt. You know, mm-hmm. the diving headbutt was not worth it. I think it's safe to say. Maybe yeah. he would think otherwise. He's a bit, he's a bit off out there in terms of what he wants to do in the ring. Stubborn. He's a bit stubborn, and he—that's his—that's his style. That's his prerogative. He's the wrestler. But I think everyone here would say, "Well, I could sacrifice never seeing the diving head, but at least for the most part. I mean, you could break it out <clears throat> once in a while. But if if his career was a bit longer, that would have been great." That's what the Miz does. That's what a lot of wrestlers do, like Randy Orton. It's it's about sustainability. It's about your career, and and it's not only about it's not only a selfish thing too. It's it's it also I think is healthy for the viewer, as Jay just pointed out, and it's it makes uh, it makes more impressive moves more interesting and memorable when you do them. Uh, I had a a screenwriting class once where. The, uh, the professor was talking about how you have to earn uh, you have to earn moments mm-hmm. in screenwriting. You can't you you can't just um, you can't just put in your emotional big moments. You got to build up to it, and that's what makes it actually worthwhile. And if you just litter your your play or your wrestling match with these big moments, then it just means nothing. And not only does it mean nothing, but it shortens your career and it just wears out the viewer. And I don't, I don't see the benefit in this style. I, I see it once in a while. Yeah, like Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker was a very flippy match, as weird as that is. And uh, it was a match where everyone <laughs> kicked out of everything. And that I think that match actually had a lot to do with the way things are now, not just the indies. I think that match really kind of, kind of put us on this path to where we kick out of every finisher now, but. Those guys at least earned it. That was WrestleMania, you know. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a main event match at WrestleMania. So, another another one just happened. Goldberg versus Lesnar. I loved that match, even though it was insane how many things Brock kicked out of. He kicked out of I think four spears. Was it? I think he kicked out of four spears. One of them was through the barricade, and a jackhammer. That that I think that is the most thing that anyone's ever kicked out of. I would go so far as to say that. Well, not if you take the Indies into account, but in the, same, in, the same, in the same wrestling world, I think that's the most shit anyone's ever kicked out of. Four spears, one of them being through the barricade and a jackhammer. That's insane. I think but, you just hit the nail on the head there. Um, I just want to jump on something you said. You WWE is sane in this equation. This is how we know the Indies, they fucked up. Y'all fucked up the whole game. When we have to use WWE as a model for sanity... You know something's wrong, but continues to you. But I was gonna say that match. I love that match. Like I don't, I didn't know how much I was gonna love that match. I've seen it like twice mm-hmm. since then. It's just such a, such a great little match that you just have to appreciate it. It's just, to me, it was almost a perfect match because there's no wasted spots in that match. There's mm-hmm. no wasted moves. It's between these two titans, really. And that earned it. That's that's why Brock can afford to kick out of all that stuff because he's Brock, and that's why Les, uh, Goldberg can do it because he's Goldberg, you know. And those guys have been built up uh, over the years, but that's you can't do that every match. You can't do that on a week to week basis. And I think if it's just like your average RAW, then you don't want to see this stuff. And I know that the fans want to see as much as they can mm-hmm. when they go to a show, and that's fair. But 
if you do that, you're this costs and benefits to everything. And if you do that, then you're just wearing out the fans and you're wearing out the fans in the future who won't be able to see you because you did all that shit now. So it's just, you know, it's, you got to earn these things and you got to, you got to pick your moments. You can't just bust them out whenever you want to, to impress somebody. Cause yeah, it will impress somebody, but soon it won't. And then what? It's like, you gotta, you gotta do it just in such a way that it it's sustainable and another thing I was thinking about was um, uh, in, in behaviorism, when you're trying to condition uh, an animal, I, I believe the most effective uh, reinforcement schedule to do is, is one that's so- somewhat random, yeah. where, it's, where it's not, you don't know when it's coming. You can't predict it. And that's actually more effective than just doing it more frequently, but more predictably. So... I think if you just want to sustain viewers, that's from a psychological point of view, that's the way you do it is you do it infrequently, but randomly and enough that people actually appreciate it. That's, that's all I was going to say. You introduced a very um, interesting point into the discussion. You said something that you learned in your screenwriting class. And that's what sets people like me and you apart from a lot of wrestling fans because we come from this, we we come into this world from a storytelling perspective. And there are a lot of people who do not give a damn about storytelling when it comes to wrestling. You can get into an arena, sit down, have two wrestlers who've never met before, nothing going on, no kind of narrative built around the match, get in, do a lot of flippy shit, and they are entertained. They absolutely love it. They love it because that's what they look for. So I think that's, that's fine. Yeah. I, I can't I can't say like, oh, you're wrong. Well, mm-hmm. if they like it, fine. But I do, I can say you're kind of creating a market for these guys to kill themselves. And also you're kind <laughs> of ruining it. UFC. You're kind of ruining it for the rest of us because it's infecting everything. But other than uh, that... Yeah, and a lot of uh, the promotions, they know that those people come to the shows to see those things, like uh, storytelling. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, they want to see some flippy shit, and they want to be entertained. So that's one thing that we also do have to consider, the fact that pro wrestling, it's still like a live event business. And just as much as we want to be entertained at home, the people in the crowd want to be entertained as well. And the promotions, the wrestlers, they are ready, willing, and able to play into that because they want to live on and you know want to talk about oh my god that amazing spot and they like to live on and uh what's that lariato that 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 account on twitter that always retweets the little gifs and stuff like that like they're perfectly fine with existing in that space to steven's point about uh longevity you know i kind of compare the modern day dive issue to the removal of chair shots to the head in Mm -hmm. wwe um, you know, back in the day, back in the attitude era, you know, there would be a chair shot on a run in on a random singles match. It didn't even have to be a hardcore match. There could be no reason for a chair to be there at all. And it just simply wasn't a complete segment or a match without a chair shot. And then, you know, time goes on, uh, medical science, you know, kind of evolves and we find out through all these concussion studies that, oh, snap, chair shots of the head actually could have some real-life damaging effects. And you look at the laundry list of superstars that have taken chair shots to the head and have cited, you know, the 
knees and various other head injuries as a result of the work they were doing in WWE. And then around 2006, 2007, you start seeing them being phased out. And now, what, two Mondays ago, uh, you have Roman Reigns attacking uh, Braun Strowman with a chair, not doing a headshot, working over the arm, or the elbow, rather, for the sake of the story, taking a monster off of television, still having an actual effect in the storyline, and not once ever connecting with the, with the head. And at the end of the day, Strowman is still safe. I mean, his elbow's fucked up, but his head's fine. He's gonna be. He's gonna come back whenever he comes back, and he's gonna be all the better for it. And that's the kind of thing I compared today's dives to. Is that sure? No, you're not using an object to hurt anybody. But when you have a dive, stuff can go haywire. You can miss your opponent. They might not catch you. You can hit a guardrail. Nothing. Nothing pisses me off more than seeing Botchamania. Uh, clips and then seeing Japanese wrestlers do a dive to the outside of the ring when there is no space for a dive at all. <laughs> Japan and, is a whole different ball field. <laughs> and even so, like you have like the distance from me to the wall, which I can touch the wall with my hand, and and you're gonna dive right there. <laughs> and that's the kind, of, and that's the kind of shit I'm I'm pissed off about. It's like okay, sure, your particular country's culture or just the wrestling culture in your programming necessitates that okay cool but at the end of the day you only have it's a it's an adage that many wrestlers who kind of follow the old school ideal believe in but there is some truth to it you've only got so many bumps in your body mm-hmm. why would you want to waste one of them taking a header for like 200 people <laughs> at a bingo hall or you know whatever your place is equivalent to a bingo hall is armory high school gym yeah. yeah, I saw I, when I saw the it. NXT show uh, just a couple months ago, the NXT house show that came here. It was in an armory over in Normandy, and I'm like, I've never even seen this place. Like, this is so tiny. It was literally in an armory that was sitting on a high school's campus. I'm like, you know, if you're happy, by all means. But at, at the end of the day, I want you to be able to live, you know, the rest of your life without being wheelchair bound and being able to say, hey, I could do another, another job if I wanted to. Um, oh man, there was definitely something that Steven stated that I should have, I should have totally wrote it down. You, ah, come on, Steven, uh, uh, give me, give me a little That's more a of a of twist. Stuff. Repeat like, everything you that you just said, Steven. <laughs> you, yeah. come, uh, uh, hold on. what, uh, psychology, uh, <laughs> oh, it's picking your spots, picking your spots. There we go. Yeah. Let's go with that. That yes, in the form of that, it is. You both have. Everyone is given an example. For example, Luke Harper can do a tope suicida through the ropes, and then you can look in Austin Aries who can do the same exact thing. And that when you see Luke Harper and the factor of doing it, you're like, holy cow, this guy's 300 and sorry, 200 and some odd pounds, almost 300 pounds. He's able to jump out of nowhere like that. And then you look at Austin Aries who is, he has to be under 205 pounds. Because of the rulings for 205 Live. But um, he's able to do it as well. But it's the difference in execution for me. Um, when I see Luke Harper do it, I am definitely amazed, uh, uh, wowed when he does it. And it's and it's certain particular spots. And the same can be said for, Luke, uh, for Austin Aries. They don't do it ten times out of the ring. If anyone does a tope, it's at a certain point. And definitely uh, uh, Neville is the prime example. Before, Neville flipped everywhere, up and down the ring. Now, it's even in his character and in his story that he chooses to do the do the flips, especially when he uses the Falcon's arrow. Sorry, red arrow. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the red arrow, that it is the move to finish it. 
That is that is a now booked as a killer move. When he does the uh, red arrow, that's only because whoever his opponent is is in prime issue and he can't keep them down with every other thing. It does need to be paced and it does need to be random because just as you've also said that you can point out when uh, <laughs> I know Dalton's gonna groan when Dean Ambrose does his pendulum. Uh, For fuck's sake! <laughs> every time you can see it coming a mile away. And yeah. that's because he's so goddamn slow when he does it. Like it's not yes. the momentum he's that's carrying you to into the ropes, asshole. I, the jig is up. Baron Corbin's the G yep. for catching that. Yes, every time he always he does it. He does it very seamlessly when he when he catches it. Uh, but I'll use that. But I can also go with. I'm sorry, Jay Triple H and that dang knee that he does. Oh my god, there was a period where I could not sit and watch Triple H's matches because it would be. Run into the ropes, uh, knee to the face, spine buster, pump up the crowd, get ready for a pedigree. Oh, they reverse the pedigree, do the running knee, then hit the pedigree. Every- yeah, I okay, think, I think can this I, is a bit different. Yeah, than, this uh, is a completely different conversation because this is not about examining how each individual does their spots in the ring. And it's not even necessarily about, because I know you said, you know, they pick their spots and it's not 10 dives in one match we're not talking about 10 dives in one match or how any one individual does their dive we're looking at the entire night where it's okay luke harper he did his dive through the ropes dean ambrose did his sasha banks did hers neville did terribly so yeah i think i remember uh i remember hearing a conversation about this it was either on austin's podcast or someone's podcast but they were talking about how you have to be aware of everybody's match on the show and what everybody else is doing. Definitely. And that's actually something that really bothers me is when people do redundant things. And I see this a lot, especially in, it happens in promos too, but in matches it happens as well. It's like people need to stop uh, doing the same thing that other people do. I know you, you have mentioned that... uh, TJ Perkins and uh, who Enzo, is it? Enzo the during, the, during the dab. But yeah, they both did the dab. Uh, it's happened with Enzo Kevin stopped Owens. doing the dab. No, it didn't happen with Kevin Owens. It happened with The Miz. And AJ Styles. And AJ Styles, that's right. Um, both of them were doing the dab. Yeah. They're both doing the dab. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was a promo thing. They both used the same sort of language. It's like, mm-hmm. they, they, it's just it's just stupid because you have to be aware of what everyone's doing. You need to know where you fit into the show. So what and, I'm getting here, oh. Oh, well, that's it. Go ahead. So what I'm getting here is that uh, you don't want it to be overflowing over over too much in that from beginning to end we'll see i'll go with this most recent raw first match was the hardys versus uh sheamus and i'm sure at some point jeff hardy jumped off of something because he's jeff hardy and then in the final match we had seth rollins versus bray wyatt and i'm 100 percent sure seth rollins did a did a tope through the uh, ropes um, and then uh, there was a Dean Ambrose match at the top of the hour against The Miz. There's a tope in there too. Definitely remember that, et cetera, et cetera. You don't, you, not you, in the form of that the indie style of dive, dot 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 dive, is now incorporating and flowing far too much into the program that you would that you would not like. I mean, yeah, I think that's fair to say. That's yeah. just one aspect of it. It's not just over the night. It's over the weeks. It's over the years. It's you know, and some people can actually get away with it. Like if you're Jeff Hardy, then yeah, I expect to see a few flips. If you're Rey Mysterio, <laughs> I expect to see a few flips. And that's just that's just their character, so that's fine. 
but like when it comes to like Dean Ambrose, why the hell is Dean Ambrose doing a dive? Like, doesn't really because he's crazy, right? Yeah, I'm calling lunatic fringe for no reason. Why is Luke Harper doing a dive? The the people you just mentioned, Stephen, Rey Mysterio, and Jeff, also came up in a time where I mean, you could argue sort of that dive necessary, but like their characters were they were given an opportunity to have such different characters back then and that was when it was a lot less common when those guys started doing it so so yeah i think that's the overall point now it's like everybody's doing it now yeah like why the hell is luke harper doing it look the fact that he can do it is is awesome and why does he do it once in a while why does he got to do it all the time you know uh Braun Strowman is another guy who actually doesn't commit this error. He does his spots wisely, I think. He doesn't do them all the time, but he can do some pretty interesting things. That's why I think Braun is so great. And incidentally, a guy that I don't think had a lot of time on the indies, from what I seem to no. know about. But uh, he's a bit of an anomaly, so, I mean, he's pretty good. Yeah, with with for every Braun, there's 10... Tyler Rex is. Try and remember who that is. Yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> and, guess, yeah. and guess what? Who is in WWE right now and who's not? Uh, Mojo Raleigh. No, Braun Strowman is in WWE and Tyler and Rex so is, is Mojo not. So, okay, and yeah, I, I have Tyler Rex to had enjoy. a lot of other problems too. He was just, just kind of dumb. And, and are we going to make t- uh, Mojo Raleigh the poster boy for non-indie guy because shit no no, no. It, it as far as i'm concerned i i enjoy mojo raleigh i'm not saying that he's the best thing since sliced bread but in a sort of way the system is um it's self-correcting as time rolls on those people who just can't cut it will be weeded out of wwe and if we have to have a tyler rex just to get a Braun Strowman, then I say that that experiment was successful. We need to continue to mix it up because we get people like Braun Strowman, because we get people like um, Baron Corbin. And there are other guys in WWE. Uh, Roman Reigns, he's not, you know, some indie darling. And I've enjoyed a lot of what Roman Reigns has brought to the table. And I think it's important to have those people in WWE that mix up the styles. Not everyone has to be doing oh, the yeah. dives. Like we can have the power guys in WWE and oh, just have some variety. A hundred percent. No, there should never, there should never ever be a point in the WWE where every person is indie. I would, even myself, I would hate that. I would, I would absolutely despise that because it would be, as we've stated, it would be uh, uh, mediocrity. It would be the norm. It would be every other, every person would be exactly the same. And even Dude, here, we're almost society, at that point never, right yeah, now. We're almost at that point. It's a slippery slope, I wouldn't, man. I wouldn't really. I really wouldn't put it that way. Just as you, there, there are your Braun Strowman's big shows, Mark Henry's, uh, yeah, but Roman Reigns. Two thirds of those, the first three are uh, old people. So yeah, yeah, like, I was going with. Sure, think Roman of your, Reigns. Think of your Iron Man and Iron Woman of Raw and SmackDown's rosters, and see who came up through NXT or came off the indie scene. Make sure you've got some old timers, some veterans that hold the hold the fort down, and that's why, if we can delve into Randy Orton's comment now, or at least yeah, his let's criticism. Yeah, let's get to Randy. Okay, uh, before we do meeting. that now, 
uh, let me go ahead and read Randy's response because a day after he posted it, I'm quite sure he got some heat. Some people on his side as well. He responded back with his quote unquote apology. Sorry to the indie marks, indie guys, and old timers who do dives. I was in all caps. Uh, who took <laughs> offense. Just having a good time over a few drinks in Denmark, closing the SmackDown Live tour, while beating Raw and making over $5 million in the last 11 shows. Now, I know some, to some that doesn't equate to a standing room only crowd of 150 people paying $8 at an armory somewhere, but in the big boy world, that's called putting asses in seats. So enjoy your flips, dives, and 20 super kicks per match to each their own. I will go dive back into my 13th title run and get ready to flip when my bank statement comes this month. Headlock. <laughs> now, let me just say, first things first, I love the sarcasm. I really enjoyed the way he mm. phrased that. Hold up, hold up. Looking just at the way he made fun of that, I did enjoy that. And here's the thing. I don't totally disagree with what Randy's saying, but in the position that he's put in being a figurehead for the company and the company's leading champion, if you discredit Brock Lesnar, you're not in the right position to be able to make that statement. My kind of opinion is since you do represent the company, your, your opinion holds a lot more weight than a mid Carter or somebody farther down the totem pole. And Randy Orton himself came up in a time where dies were not that common. And so I can understand this, changing uh of the way the matches are generally formatted i can understand how he could be upset at how he doesn't necessarily conform to that and that's fine you have every oh, oh okay maybe not upset but like he clearly he does not fit that format and that's fine he's not supposed to because his character's already been established that he doesn't and he came up in a time where that format wasn't very common <laughs> but to me, this came off more than anything like the old guard kind of just being a bully pulpit. Like, let's be honest here. Yes, Randy came up in the Indies. He went, went through OVW. It's not like he, but the OVW game has is changed. And the fact of the matter, well, th there is no more OVW. Now it's NXT. It's right. Uh, point being is Randy Orton. It's not like Randy Orton didn't come up through the ranks like some of our, you know, our today superstars have. It's just that the game has changed, and the fact of the matter is, it's a lot harder to stand out. And I think there's pressure on the the younger superstars, the younger talent who are trying to come up, uh, who feel like they're obligated to do like to compete in this style. Um, sure, there are standout superstars like Braun Strowman, like Baron Corbin, um, that by virtue of the way that they're marketed and what they bring to the table that they don't have to conform. But for the superstars who are coming in after, you know, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan paved the way for the new, uh, that next wave of smaller guys, it's like you are already looked at like this is what you can do. If you don't, we're not going to take you seriously. And for Orton, who really never had to face that criticism, it's, you know, I, I still don't like the fact that uh, dives and stuff oversaturate the product, but I don't agree with him abusing his position and making 
those who favor that formatting feel stupid for doing so. Well, I think the thing is with Randy Orton, that's probably him battling back against stuff that he already has been getting on social media. Because with the explosion of, you know, the super kick party and all of this weird and wacky shit that people like Joey Ryan and the Young Bucks and, you know, many other names, you know, I was going to say I don't want to pick on them, but I do. I do want to pick on them. Um, Yeah. <laughs> With the kind of stuff that they do, there are a lot of people who will look at Randy Orton and say that he's boring or they'll question, why aren't you doing stuff like this in WWE? Why don't you have those jiffable moments that we can take and, you know, snatch and we can upload them and we can, you know, show them around and things like that. So I guess it's a sense of Randy Orton, as you know, reestablishing order and letting you know, hey, you may be getting attention. For all of this stuff that you're doing, but, you but realize, money. yeah, I'm the one getting the money. I'm the one putting the asses in the seats. Or uh, WWE's brand name is, you know, the one putting the asses in the seats. But I digress. Um, well, he's in WWE, so I guess he kind of counts there. But yeah, point is, whatever it is that WWE is doing, whatever it is that they have established, there is an order present in the wrestling world, and WWE sits on the top of the throne. And that's him just reminding people of that. Yeah, you may be getting that attention, but um, know your role and shut your mouth. You know, that's not how I interpreted it. That could be what he's doing, but I think what he's saying is that there's a reason why WWE historically didn't operate that way in terms of style. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why most of the top guys haven't been that way. And... Yeah, you could look at it from a superficial level and say, wow, that's cool, all that stuff they're doing, but it's not sustainable for a variety of reasons that we've touched on. And and there's a deeper logic to it than people understand because if it were the case that that uh, it's better to do flips, then that's, that's who the top guys would be. But that's never who the top guys have been, mostly. I mean, you could say Shawn Michaels, maybe. Yeah. But that's... All I can think of, I mean, no one else d does that kind of stuff. All the top guys wrestle a very safe, very, very particular style that's that's sustainable over the course of a decade or more. In the case of like Cena and Orton, but they're not boring. I mean, you could say. Randy's and I mean, boring. can I just go ahead and say, um, you you say that the the top guys have wrestled like uh, they wrestle safe styles, and we see what happens when WWE ventures outside of that with people like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, and neither right. of them are active right, right uh, now. Yeah. So, and it's not that they're boring either. I'm not going to say Randy isn't boring at times because he certainly is. But, and, and and now would be one of those times, but yeah, yeah, now yeah. would be one of those times. But overall, Randy's had some great matches, and I think Cena even more so. Cena's had amazing matches. In fact, every match Cena's in is exciting, and I think that's why he was so on top. Because if it was one thing or another, something was very captivating about him. If you want to see him lose, you want to see him win. He was just an exciting guy, and he, his style wasn't very complex for a long time. He just used about five moves. And of course, towards the end of his career, I mean, not to say it's over, but you know, it's winding down. He's done more stuff, but he's also wrestled less. So again, it's like a, a trade-off. It's always a trade-off. And you could do all the flips you want, but how long will you be around and how long will you be able to sustain that stuff? Randy Orton has some great matches every now and then. 
And yeah, yes, a lot of boring matches, but why does every <laughs> match have to be so entertaining, you know? I think that's a fair question. Wait, to ask. what? Why, why does, does every... every match have to be so entertaining? Yeah, because look, because I think every match should serve a purpose, but that doesn't... If it's not entertaining, it's not serving a purpose. Okay. See, well, Steven well, look, is speaking from like a story perspective, like that yeah. a match serving a purpose. Sometimes it does, you know, sometimes a story does call for can I say something other than monotony? No, I it, sometimes the story calls for something other than them going, you know, balls to the wall, you know, oh, yes, I, yeah. I got to entertain like, the fans. Just like not. in a movie or a book, it has the beginning, middle, and end. In between those, there are certain points that are not uh, explosion happens yeah so i'm not saying it's not i'm not saying it should not be entertaining i guess that is what i said but what i'm trying to get at is it should not be hyper entertaining you know every match every yeah exactly every match doesn't have to be that some matches could just be okay the goal is to get this guy over a little bit more Mm -hmm. which is what it used to be back in the day when you had jobbers it's like okay here's the goal to showcase this guy for two minutes and that was a that was a working formula for a long time, and I think on a week to week basis, you don't need to have amazing matches. And it's enough to say that Randy has some amazing matches when it counts. I mean, sometimes he doesn't. I mean, mm-hmm. his match with Wyatt was not good, <laughs> but no. that was that was not. It was for a variety of reasons, not only Randy. I mean, they have very little chemistry for whatever reason, and the story was kind of weird. And they did some wacky stuff in the match itself. So it wasn't only his fault, but he's had some great matches. He's had some great feuds. Name the last great match Randy Orton's had. Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. 2015. Uh, I don't I don't know. It's... That's like literally the only immediate one that comes to mind. I would have to think about that. For, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but that might be the last excellent match he's had, but he's probably had some pretty notable to ones. Be, Was he to be fair... Or? Yeah, to be fair, he, Randy was injured from, I believe, August of 2015 to, like, mid-2016 or something like that. He was gone for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that had something to do with it. But uh, He only showed that, back up at SummerSlam, remember, to face uh, Brock Lesnar. I actually that like was... that, that Brock match. It wasn't, like, yeah. fantastic, but it was it was different. Um. um but yeah, so so I think Randy, what he's saying is that like this is what works. You can say whatever you want, and I don't think Randy's really shitting on people as much as you think he is. Like he's a, he's doing some shit posting, you know. It's like uh, you gotta appreciate a little bit of shit posting. <laughs> Our president uh, shows us, you know. Ah, uh, now oh, we see how it feels to physically be here when you say that. Now, <laughs> now that's done. But you, like you can't you can't say like you, you can't infer from just that post that it, what he's really thinking or feeling. It could just be I mean, a, could be a joke. You know, he probably does feel that way. But look at Randy's sh- history. Like it's not this is not like it's the first time Randy's done something like this before. He's yeah, Randy Orton is not the kind of guy I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. Yeah, but look, it's not like he's shitting on them all the time. It's like he. He saw something that he related to, and he said, yeah, I agree with that. And then people uh, gave him some pushback, and, and he, now said, it's, he said basically, it's uh, fuck you. You know? So, um, 
that's his prerogative. And he, and he said to each his own. And I know he he also said that in a mocking way, but I really think he means that. I'm, I think he, I think he's, he's, I don't think Randy Orton would say you're wrong for liking this. I think he has some good reasons why. And I agree with him that, that maybe your opinion isn't the best opinion. You know, that's how opinions work is that people argue about them. I think, uh, first off, Randy is a hundred percent wrong saying you're wrong, uh, based off of the record that he's made up to this point. And I never put in the factor of what Jay said earlier that Randy gets scrutiny from other people possibly around the world. Like, why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you doing that? Mostly because to me, I would never do that. But I'm just thinking of myself uh, in the wrestling world, and Jay and I have talked about it uh, off the air once. Wrestling fans are jackasses, man. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> wrestling fan, wrestling fans are the people who, man, I really like what's going on here. Maybe I should make it fucking annoying by saying a CM, CM Punk chant the whole time. <laughs> they actively try to do something to put everyone off of their game. But I never, ever put that into my mindset that possibly Randy might have been getting scrutiny across from from different people of saying, man, maybe, why don't you do that or why don't you do this and yada, yada, yada. When I first read the post, I was like, geez, dude, who who shitting your cereal today? Um, it was he probably very did. Isn't... Well, look, you, <laughs> you, got, you can't underestimate the fact that this guy is famous and he probably had fucking 200 or more messages of people being assholes to him. And you know what are you gonna do? What are you yeah, gonna do? Leave well, Randy alone. What what happened? What what I read because people I are never read boys. Him. They can handle it. You know they can handle. I Randy never read Rip Rogers' thing. I read Randy's thing uh, that Bubba Ray Dudley put out his tweet. Randy just was like, mm, "Fuck that noise," and then he did whatever he wanted. And now we are where we are now, where we, as fans, as a community in wrestling, everyone is talking about this. On the on the blaze of glory that is wrestling that it is now, the main subject is dive. Of I, didn't, I didn't even know this was that popular of a topic until you guys mentioned it. Oh yeah. Like I, I thought it's... we were gonna talk about it as like a, just an interesting thing. I didn't know people were really make it. A, I don't know why it's a big deal. You know why is it a big it, deal? It was, because it, was... it is Randy Orton, the w, current WWE champion, yeah, that said it. Yeah, but who cares? People need to get some skin, man. They can, Dude, they can do you not know where we live in now? The I know where we live at it. As a black man, like I can list off a whole what bunch of with wrestling. Like, no, no, no. I'm not using that as wrestling. I'm using okay. that. I'm using it in the term that people get messed up about everything, everything, all the time. And since Randy, of all people, said it, uh, sorry, sorry, not to say of all people, like of all people, Randy Orton, but that Randy Orton, the top star right now, holding the pres- quotation marks prestigious WWE title went out of his way to call an indie promotion in the form of ROH and more so in the form of Bubba Ray Dudley, a person who is quite frankly a friend of his, I would believe. I don't um, know what he said about Bubba Ray Dudley. Um, no, it was Bubba Ray Dudley responded back or he, he, he made a post where he was doing a dive and then Randy Orton responded to that one. And then he was like, Oh, I wasn't talking to you. And you know, that. What yeah, what happened was yeah, Bubba right. Ray Dudley put up a post from the recent ROH match that happened last Friday. Uh, Randy put out some. He responded uh, by retweeting it and putting his own words on it. Bubba got pissed, and then Randy wrote the long message that Jay has just uh, read to us earlier. And first, before I move forward, 
earlier, and I that was my own fault. I was thinking that we were talking about indie wrestling as a whole, not the style of diving. And now that I'm in the ball field, I can maybe work correctly. I can move. Shit, my we're forward. we're near the end of the show now. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I'm I'm getting there. I'm I'm, I'm late to the party. But uh, for me, when I read Randy's post, it was very asinine. It was very mockingly. I thought he was looking down on on a whole whole division and whole in, industry. Yeah, but but so what if he so what if he is? I, this is the thing I don't understand. Is even if you assume the worst about this, who cares? You know, I, I yeah, know, no, I I don't I don't really give two craps. It's not gonna change anything. But I was saying, but for me, when I first read, it, I was like, well, damn, dude. Look at as I said, what who poop who shit in your cereal, and then. I was over it, but then but why, I see. But why is this? Why is this a big deal? Is that's just because the thing me. about it is like um, just need to analyze it further and how it's infiltrating, how how it how it might be infiltrating the WWE product as well. Yeah, no, as and that's that's an interesting discussion. That's what that's what we're having. Yeah. But I just don't understand the idea that people would be so uh, so up in arms about what Randy Orton said. Like, who cares? Because yeah, I know he's the, the thing champion. because a lot of people are honestly they probably feel offended because that's the type of wrestling that they enjoy. Yeah. And then when you have people who wrestle so that type about... of, you, yeah, you have yeah. people who wrestle that type of wrestling, they're posting on Twitter and talking about it. And then they get their fans all up in arms and it gets to a point where it's like, okay, what camp are you on? Are you in? And you, are you team Orton? Or are you team the other side? I guess Bubba Ray Dudley is the spokesperson over here, you know? However, that happened, but you know, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think people need to get a little bit thicker skin. It, it, like, it needs it, to it needs to step away. It needs to really not be a big issue like it is because there's no reason for it. I don't know why but, people get offended because some some guy shit talked your favorite wrestling. It's like okay, whatever, you don't like it, fine. Well, or or if you take it so personally, then want to then they could step up and get better. Maybe you know if it's a valid criticism. But in the form of singles for regular sports, and as I said, wrestling fans are the worst. People, people I have my roommate is a huge football fan. If I talk any shit about the Ravens, he's gonna bust through this door and yell at me. <laughs> yeah, but but sports are a bit culty, and that's always been the case. And that's a bit different. This, to me, this is like I don't like your TV show or something. That's what it feels like to me. It's Steven, like, you that's, are that's, on the squared circle on Reddit. You should know. There are no yeah. bounds when it comes to wrestling fans. No. Yeah, but I, I just don't get it. It's just weird to me. I mean, it's 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 because we're all laymen. At the end of the day, like we don't hold the same political power that Randy does. But bear he in mind, he doesn't hold political power. Does it? Yes, they. I guarantee you, he does because he got both of his wellness policy violations revoked before the policy had a revoking. Well, yes, in terms of that, but but he has he has nothing to do with the like, indie he, show like, that he's talking he's like, about. Yes, he's not gonna he's not gonna like jurisdict what an indie show can do, but him, you know, propagating that opinion hat definitely has a ripple effect as far as yeah, where so, this is just silly to me. Like I understand what you're saying, but who cares? You know, this is yeah, this, yeah. this goes to a broader culture thing. It's like this is a harmful opinion. It's like it's just an opinion. Yes. It, it doesn't do that much. If it's but so you're powerful, not entitled to your own opinion. Yeah, I know, right? But if it's so powerful, <laughs> then maybe there's something to it. Or if there's not, why don't you go out and uh, tell Randy why he's wrong? You know, why can't people – I mean, none of us really because we're talking about it. But I don't know. These other people that – these hypothetical people that I hear is, are so 
up in arms about this. It's just bizarre to me. It's like the sad thing is, like I agree with him. I just don't agree with the way in which he did it. I wish there was another spokesperson to deliver this message because it's kind of hard for me to sit here like, oh yeah, let me jump in, jump on Team Orton because shit. If I'm being completely honest, Twitter Randy Orton is a whole hell of a lot more interesting than actual WWE champion on SmackDown Live. Randy Orton. Yep. Maybe he does need to incorporate some dives into his moveset. You know? Yeah. Shit. You, yeah. While he's like on he his way down, find a give a fuck. Because it doesn't seem as, like he has one on TV. As I stated on the SmackDown one from last week, that Randy needs to come off as, yeah, I'm Randy Orton. Deal with it. And that's, well, that's what he did on Twitter. Well, that's the, that's the Roman Reigns that we need not the, i mean the randy that we need is the guy from 2009 yeah he needs an actual character because again because <laughs> yeah. what i see on tv he is i'm randy orton deal with it yeah some, uh, some people that's a good point some people need a character some people don't i think i think randy is one, one of the guys who do like yeah, yeah, definitely randy needs a character that's a different when I, when I see randy though i see i'm randy orton i'm here i i showed up where my money mm-hmm. by the way jay when you say the whole uh you, the getting getting paid and stuff. There's a song by one of the worst rappers that ever existed, Two Chains, and it's "I'm Getting Mad, You Getting Rich." That is now Randy Orton's theme song now. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's funny as hell to me. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but Randy, his words, he's not. He's the WWE is the big leagues, and as much as the the stadium, this is awesome, chanting, screaming, slamming stuff. Saying this is this is the way that any this is the way that wrestling should be, eh, eh. it shouldn't be. It, it really it should be a story. It should wrestling is is a form of art, not a form of uh, flips and dives. I have to agree with that. So in in the spectrum of if we're doing a civil war, you guys want me over a bit. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, this was very civil. Then. Um, yes. Steven, any last words? Um, well, I I want to come back on and talk about what I've been wanting to talk about. Next week. That, that'll next happen week. next week? Yes. <laughs> next ah, week. That's very interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm, I'm dead serious. Well, because it's just been on my mind a lot, and it's just, it's it's more pronounced more, now more than ever. And what I'm talking about is uh, the... Uh, the lack of hierarchy in the WWE and the lack of logic and the, the lack of it's it's I'm in a postmodern WWE I feel like it's just there's no, there's no up and down anymore it's just you know it's just uh it's modern art you know it's there's no <laughs> rules it's craziness all right so next that. week that will be the PWF Empire podcast for next week uh, and we'll also have a new kayfabe tier list Dalton yep. any last words you know, this was really fun, guys. I didn't enjoy it. But, Jay, we have to face the music and realize that come SummerSlam weekend, we are going to fall right into the uh, jackassery of WWE fans that are going to want mm. those dives because we're going to be making a fool of ourselves. See, you know, I'll, t- I'll take Braun Strowman. I, the, the number one thing I was looking forward to going to SummerSlam is to see Braun Strowman, you know, eat somebody. That's why uh, he's see. up against well, Lesnar. I don't know if that'll if he's happen. up against yeah, if it's Lesnar, he ain't he ain't winning nothing. But that that'll be a good match. If that's the I'm case. I'm still holding out hope that like this is all, you know, the injury might have been real. 
but I don't think the timeline's right. I think they're just framing it to make him come back as a stronger monster. I, I feel confident we will see Strowman SummerSlam weekend. But but damn it, Jay, what if I wanted to go there just to hang out with you guys? What if y'all were the highlight? Well, I, 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 I appreciate that. But you know, maybe, I'm not. Maybe you was. Maybe you was. <laughs> you're holding out for a guy with a broken elbow. Okay, no, see, see how you but like, I'm not slipping into that assholery of New York. I'm sorry. But you know, I, I'm not doing that. I refuse. <laughs> uh, it really depends which part of it. I will stand right next to Lucas and chant the opposite of whatever he's chanting. Damn. And I kind of, I kind of regret I won't be next to you guys. But oh, we're gonna have a blast. Oh, yeah. We're gonna have a I'll dude. You're, it's gonna be a, a fun ass weekend. Shoot. Yeah. We'll find a way to throw you in there, Mike, and we'll throw you in on. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see FaceTime. FaceTime, and you'll be in the video then. Uh, if you guys can get a cardboard cut out of me in there, I'm I'm solid. Good old thumbs up. With yeah, we could just just go to uh, Fye and pick up a cardboard cut out of Michael. <laughs> I was gonna say Gus Fring, and then you could. <laughs> <laughs> Righty, that is it for the PWF Empire podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Catch me and Steven next week with a new kayfabe tier list and also his con- uh, a conversation about the. Uh, hierarchy of wwe until then catch you later peace catchphrase later days